Uh, three, two, one, go. Okay. Fuck, wait, no, start over. No, <laughs> no, fuck, wait. <laughs> Hold on, select, delete, uh, all right. Mandatory oh, fuck up every time. Oh. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I was just like uh, dicking around, and then you said go, and I was like, oh, no, shit. <laughs> God, if only he had counted down and gave me some sort of warning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, try two. Take two. Uh, okay <laughs> three two one go all right adam here wait zoe what the fuck Hello. it's not it's james not... <laughs> <laughs> okay are you restarting again it's not it's not working <laughs> okay 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 all try right, three take time. three take three uh three two one All right, all right, all right. Adam? Here. Zoe? Hello. James? Here. You said something. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. That was uh, for, for all of our listen- listeners listening to Roll Call, because uh, I know McCoy likes to include that sometimes. Dude, sometimes it's uh, good for the intros, bro. This was, ta- this was take three. Uh, James fucked up several times attempting to just hit the play button on, or hit the record button on. Hey! Hey, the second time, it wasn't my fault. It was a tech issue. Right, right, of course. I'm hoping that Craig captured some of that hilarity and that I can capture it from there. We'll see. We'll see. There we go. As I say, problem exists between chair and keyboard. <laughs> Is that what you say on what? I am the problem. When someone reports that's a bug. A, that's a classic IT thing. If someone's like, my Wi-Fi is blown away. It's like, uh, hmm, okay, well, I think I know where the problem is. <laughs> yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. Oh man! All right. Uh, so introductions. Hi, I'm Adam Stafford. Uh, I like to pick mechanically oriented games and like talking about game design. Yeah, unacceptable. But um, I'm McCoy. <laughs> uh, I like to also talk about game design and play mechanical games, but you wouldn't know it from the discourse between Adam and I. Um, <laughs> yep yep all right cool hi i'm zoe um i'm gonna stray from the uh, game part and just say i found out this weekend that i'm a badass at throwing axes at targets oh nice yo i saw that on instagram i was like damn yeah i was very proud of myself got a couple bullseyes so uh watch out what distance (laughs) i guess Uh, I don't know exactly what the distance was. Whatever regulation distance is for competitive axe throwing, that's where I was throwing from. God, the, <laughs> I did crap. not realize that that exists, but I should have known, you know? Yeah, they have There's... like intense leagues and it's like extremely intense watching some of these like professional axe throwers throw axes because they get really anal about where their axe lands and that's three points no that's two points get the get the caliper out here we need a measure i I feel like everyone getting really heated up when there are lots of axes flying around is like a recipe for disaster that's true aren't there also like 
bars associated with axe throwing places. Yeah, so this place actually served alcohol, which I was really actually shocked. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like I think that might be all of them. Work. Actually, <laughs> this is the yeah. worst idea. But they, you do There's have one... like somebody like watching you at all times, and they also have like no beer past this point kind mm. of thing. Oh. And so they're they're really good about it. So if someone gets There's hit by an those... axe, everyone knows immediately. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I feel like the person would be over there grabbing the axe out of that person's hand before they even swing backwards. Like, that's how vigilant mm. they are. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, that's like- There's one of those axe throwing places, like, three blocks from my house, and I still haven't gone Dude, yet. Dude, go. So. Do it. Yeah. Dude, I, so James, I like- who are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> James is here? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So, I, my name is James Harold, and I'm here. You can follow me uh, at somehow sideways on uh you know twitch twitter and youtube oh sick sick like like comment subscribe <laughs> All um, so gabe is not here this week um actually i don't have a youtube <laughs> <laughs> liar <laughs> uh so gabe is not here this week um so we will just jump right into it uh the game that i picked for this week that i inflicted once once again upon these poor souls um is a game called Spelunky, a game released in 2008 by a fellow named Derek Yu, um, who's, I think, I don't know if they're still around, but they're a pretty big name in the indie games community circa 2008. Um, And this is a historically very important game, um, which I can get into later. Uh, But I want to hear everyone's kind of initial reactions. What did everyone think of this game? How did everyone like or dislike it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate Oh, go you go first. Okay, okay. She'll sorry. throw an axe at you, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, and that's she what I was thinking. Too. I was like, Jesus, you go first. I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh, so I uh, like I was pleasantly surprised with this game and how much less frustrated I got than other things like Celeste. Um, because huh. it is kind of like a platformer slash roguelike type game um and i think the thing that i actually most appreciate about the game was that the level resets every time you die so you're never really truly doing the same environment more than once and i think that just kind of left it more refreshing for me and allowed me to play the game for longer periods of time than I did with Celeste. Like Celeste, I would play for 15 minutes and if I was still stuck on like something, then I just immediately quit and gave myself like an hour to cool down. But like with this game, with Spelunky, I appreciated the fact that each level design was random. Um, so every time I respawned, it was something different, something new that like a new kind of challenge that I had to go through. So I actually was able to retain my gameplay a lot longer, which I thought was interesting. That's not what I expected. Yeah, that's not what I expected either. That's awesome. I I felt the opposite, but that's cool. Explain. Extrapolate. Yes. Uh, I, um, I thought I, so I, appreciated this game in that other games have taken the ideas of this game and then made good games. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Uh, I, I felt like like this game is like technically playable, but um, I, I thought that a lot of the 
mechanics felt like bullshit. Like, the fact that sometimes you just had to to take a leap of faith, and then there were spikes down there. And you died. And I feel like a game that's this hard to have just, like, random death just be a fact of it feels bad. Um, I thought that, uh, that, I don't know, there were just, like, certain aspects of it that felt, like, really frustrating to me. Um, like that, like the, um, the fact that there could be arrow things off screen that just, like, show up and kill you. Um, the fact that, um... I mean, sometimes I'm sure that it was just my being bad. You know? Like, I should have just gotten good. Yeah, because <laughs> you were only playing for... Um, like, you only played for probably a few hours, right? Right. So, I only I only played for, for a few hours. So, like, you know, just, like, learning how to play the game. But I felt like the game kind of got in the way of itself in, in, in some cases. Um and the fact that there are like things that are impossible based because of the um impossible to reach uh because of the way that the random generation works felt like bad to me it's like oh here's a cool thing that you're never ever going to get it just doesn't feel good so were you using your bombs and ropes i was using my ropes and bombs um yes and then I would run out of them. Ah. Um, but then also I would forget that they existed sometimes. Yeah. Because, like, at least the, for the spikes... And I'm not saying that you're, like, your opinion is invalid because you're bad or something like that. It's more that, like, you know, for instance, spikes being below you, I don't think that is technically possible, at least in the first world, um, to, like, fall onto spikes that you can't see unless you missed a platform that you could see. Um, and in addition to that... Oh, no, that, that certainly it, happened. Yeah. If that did happen, that then, I would miss um, platforms. Like ropes would be a way to ra- around that because you can drop a rope over a cliff right. and just lower yourself down. It spends resources, um, but like, yeah. Uh, also, right. I realized so I would I do that like four times and then not have any ropes. Yeah. Also, I realized I should have said this earlier. Um, we are playing. We played the 2008 version of this game. I think last updated in right. 2010. Spelunky had a remake um, that is out on Steam. I think that happened in like. 2015 or something like that um but yeah we're, we were playing the original one um which is i believe now open sourced yeah they at least let you i also the source felt code. like i felt like the running mechanic was just not good it's super fast like it's like yeah. lightning fast. I don't know if that means it's bad, but it is lightning fast. Although the one thing I do about like about that is that you can do a run jump almost instantly. Like you don't need to wind up, so you could do it from really awkward platforms and still get it. Right. So I appreciated at least that aspect of it. It's also a fun no, precision I... tool in that you can use it to run over one tile gaps. Right. Yeah. But yeah. But I'm I felt like there's. General oh, go. Sorry. Um, we just haven't gotten your no. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm sure it'll come out eventually. But yeah, I. I... <laughs> oh boy, buckle up! No, no, it ain't like that. It's just <laughs> I, you know, this is this game is not my style. Um, 
I'm not a huge fan of platformers and I'm not a huge fan of roguelikes. And I think the roguelike elements in this game really like wear on me. Like this game, here's how I'll put it, right? This playing this game made me do household chores I didn't want to do. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no fucking way I'm doing this again. Um because <laughs> like you your house die. is cleaner, you're welcome. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Like I appreciate that. If this <laughs> you know, listen, hey, it's trade-offs, right? Um But yeah, you know, for me it was like I would spend twenty minutes or something on a run, I'm just making that number up. And then you die and I just I really dread the next nineteen minutes. That's just the way I feel about roguelikes typically. Um which is one of the reasons why I like only very, very specific roguelikes that have mechanisms that you can use that let you skip earlier parts as you've progressed more and stuff like that. Like Dead Cells has that. So, so for me... Notably, this game does have that. You just weren't good enough to see it. Yeah, I totally believe that. Um, but I sort of... I think this game would have been awesome for me if I was a kid and I had it on Game Boy and I was like locked in a car driving somewhere for like seven hours and bored. I think then I would have like forced myself up against it and learned more about it. And I mean, you know, I, play, I definitely played it for like three hours or whatever, but it was just, uh, I sort of like saw what I saw and was like, okay, I don't think I want to do this again after a while. And I just sort of accepted that. Um, but I feel like a lot so, of games, you can get over that hump if you're like bored, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor is that like when I first played this game, I was playing this game, you know, like 2008 or something and when when even was that i was in i was still in primary school at that point i just googled games that came out in 2008 oh boy oh boy hit us with it left for dead oh grand theft auto 4 oh mirror's edge the first one fallout 3 dead space spore red alert 3 far cry 2 and tomb raider underworld and saints row 2 Okay. I was so. just playing Fallout 3 that whole year, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it? Wait, sorry. Was like what platforms was it on at the time? Was it a PC game? What Fallout? Or no, or no, 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 no. This Splunky. Like it was PC, right? Sp- yeah, Splunky was a PC download game, uh, free download. Um, and I don't believe it was even out on Mac at that point. It's a Game Maker game. Um, I don't recall if Game Maker allowed you to export to Max at that point. Also, mm. just a shout out to people who care about making games. You can make cool, important games uh, using whatever tool you feel like, including things like Game Maker or Godot. This has been a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, I was just curious just about people's history. Was anyone playing PC games like seriously back then? I mean, I played PC games on and off, but I was mostly playing Xbox in that time period. So I, 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 this didn't even come on my radar at that time. This is actually the point where, um, for me at least, this is I, I'll make you guys play Cave Story someday. But Cave Story like really kicked off a lot of the like downloadable indie games, and because I didn't really have like a credit card and didn't feel like asking my parents for theirs. Um, I ended up playing during this period of my life a lot of like free download games. So this is where I kind of got my introduction to all this, as you might call it today, weird indie shit. Um, and so I was playing a lot of PC games at the time. I didn't don't really recall if I was playing actively on any kind of consoles around this time. Okay. Anybody else? Isn't 2008 when like 
when did the Wii come out? Was that like 2006, 2008? That uh, was like 2006. Really? Mario Kart <laughs> Wii came out in 2008. Because I think like 2008 was when like I was really big on like Guitar Hero and such. Like, okay, yeah, yeah definitely. It was definitely around that. That's what I was saying. I that's what I, I mean. That's what I was thinking. I was like playing a lot of rock band. Since we're all in the same cohort, this would have been for us, um, I believe, sophomore year of high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Smash Brothers Brawl came out. Oh, Holy right. shit. I mean, I had like <laughs> yeah. different gaming experience coming up just because I had a younger sister. So therefore, all the games I had to play had to have a co-op feature to it because mm. my we, we only had one gaming system in the house. And it's not like we knew how to take turns with our- <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> taking turns we had like a couple single player games but clearly like it was sometimes problematic like my mom would set an egg timer for like 30 minutes and as soon as that gone off you had to pass the controller over and it never truly worked out the same way because like i can't <laughs> save yet mom i can't i need to get to the next save point claire you're dawdling stop <laughs> so- this is an online game oh i can't God. quit this like <laughs> the classic <laughs> um, yeah. so while we're talking about history I guess I can as promised get into why this game is historically important okay yes so, totally but let me first uh, this is I just have to know you mentioned before this call that there is a distinct difference between roguelike and roguelite yes. can you explain that a little bit because I honestly thought they were interchangeable words that we, we had just lost the difference or there was no difference and it was just two different styles of saying the same thing or go on. Yeah. So, um, okay. So people get like uppity about these definitions, which again ties into the history of this whole genre and the mash that it has become. Um, but generally speaking, I would talk about roguelikes as being a game where there is a true and full complete reset of all progress. Um, or at least like an option in the game to do that. So you start in, you drop in at level one with no equipment, um, the game state is exactly as it would be for any other start, except for the randomized the randomized levels, uh, and you just hop in and go. So that would be a roguelike. A roguelite is a game more like Dead Cells, or uh, I think the first one that was really famous was Rogue Legacy, released in 2012. That kind of popular, popularized the um, roguelite a good game. genre. I, I disagree, but we can talk about that. No, actually, it was fine. It was fine. Um but uh, in Rogue Legacy, notably, um, like the whole point of that one is that each time you go into the castle, uh, you, you know, it's a randomized castle and you come in and you have maybe slightly different stats every time you come in, but that's like semi-random and fine or whatever. But you also can unlock upgrades that are permanent and apply to all future runs. Gotcha. So your first time going into the castle, you're kind of garbage, uh, but, you know, you find some things that help you out later and, you know, Roguelites can be as hardcore as Rogue Legacy, whereas in you like just get stat bonuses, and next time you come into the castle, you are better. Uh, or they can be like a game, uh, say, Crypt of the Necrodancer or Dead Cells, where you don't really have persistent upgrades per se. Oh, well, Dead Cells does, but ignore that for a moment. Um, actually, so does Crypt of the Necrodancer. But they also have things like unlockable items. So some of the more difficult to use or interesting items don't show up your first couple times through. Um, so you're not immediately inundated with you know 400 items and all their various effects uh, the first time you hit the dungeon. Um, so Spelunky is technically 
I would say, technically a roguelite, although the correct way to play the game is as a roguelike, because if you get to level 5, you go from the caves to the jungle, uh, or the jungle caves, whatever. Um, and again, once you hit level 9, you go to the ice caves. Um, and every time you cross over, you can give some of your money to the tunnel man, um, some or all of your money to the tunnel man, and the tunnel man will, once given enough money, give you a shortcut. So you can start the game then right at level 5 or right at level 9. It okay, generally sure. isn't a great idea to do this because you come in with no equipment, nothing. You just hop right in, uh, and you probably aren't going to be super well equipped. Um, so it wasn't like the best implementation of this, but it does have that option. So that's the difference between roguelike and roguelite, as far as I choose to define them. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for that. Because seriously, I see those words all day long, and I just they just blur together. Like, I thought people just disagreed. That's interesting. So then I guess... In theory, then, I really, really enjoy the rogue lights and the ones that lean on what makes that different. I like the ones that... Because I think, for instance, one of my main frustrations with this game is I would get something cool and then just this pure dread of, like, having one health and knowing I'm going to lose it in a second. Like, I got a gun. And it was awesome. I had a gun. That was sick. And I died immediately after. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> never going to see that, that gun again. And I'm sad about it. Whereas, like, in a game like Dead Cells, I could unlock you know, you're not necessarily guaranteed to have it at the beginning, but you're you're going to see that thing. You can unlock something so that it'll come into the random pool and you'll see it a lot. So you're opening up the opportunity that you can learn with that new tool that you've gotten, which is that's the piece that I really like. Is like, give me a new weird weapon and let me <clears> learn <throat> how it works, the ins and outs, fail a bunch of times with it, but then now know how to use it really well. And I feel like Rogue likes like this one or like The Ground Gives Way are really great at showing me something that I'll never see again. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just not good enough at, at utilizing them well the first time, and it's, it's a feels bad for me. You're also only playing this game for like three hour, these games for like three hours ish, and generally speaking, roguelikes, because they rely really heavily on player skill rather than like avatar power. Um, you are expected to play a lot to learn all the little tricks, like with the spikes. I don't know if you guys ever picked up, picked up on this. Spikes will kill you instantly if you fall on them. Um, but if they're only one, I did pick up on that actually. <laughs> <laughs> if they're only one tile beneath you, uh, you can do that like slide over the edge thing and hop into the spikes and run around there, and you'll be totally fine. Um, you can run into the like, spikes from the side and they won't hurt you. Um, but if you like run to spikes and then jump and then fall back into the spikes, you die instantly. So, like those are things that you pick up and learn as you play, um, and. Eventually, if you play this game enough, you'll get to the point where you can just like breeze through the first couple stages, and it's really just like an opportunity to gear up, because they won't really be a threat to you anymore. Um, and it's not because you know it's because you've become more skilled. It's not because you now have plus ten health yes. or whatever. Right. Totally. So you're telling me there's a point where those spiders don't freak you the fuck out? <laughs> I mean, it depends on if you're arachnophobic. Oh, no, I, I guess I just mean, like, from a, oh, my God, it's jumping in such weird angles. How do I fucking possibly hit this thing? Oh, my, I'm dead now. Oh, no, those fuckers will always just ruin your shit. That's okay. why you get good at picking up rocks and or damsels and throwing them at the spiders. Right. And that's one thing I'll say and, about this game is that I learned very quickly on, and sorry, I know we're delaying your history segment, but I, just, I, I learned early on that you don't necessarily have to clear the whole level if you don't want to. You can just, if the, especially even if it's funneling you, by the way, like, there's only one clear exit, just use a bomb create your own exit, go somewhere else that seems safer. It's totally fine. Um, like, whatever mm -hmm. it takes. 
So, like, I, at first I was like, clear everything, get everything. Then it was like, eh, that area seems kind of sketchy. I don't think I want to go there. Or that doesn't look like it has good stuff. Fuck it. And you just don't go. Which I think is, is cool. It's like, a, it's like a development in my own mind that helped me play it better. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, risk, I think risk-reward analysis. I needed to get to that point, and I didn't. <laughs> but, like, so I played, like, two hours after the last podcast. And um, I, like, murdered a bunch of women by accident. <laughs> Dude, that's what um, James was saying on, on Discord, because I hadn't played it yet, or none of us had played it yet, but Gabe and I were there. And I just yeah. hear, like, James being like, I picked up a girl. I threw a girl. Oh, she's knocked out. Yeah. Oh, I threw her by accident. Oh, she's dead. And I was oh, like, wow, God. I didn't realize this game was so contentious from a theme perspective. <laughs> it's like, oh, she ran off a cliff into spikes. Oh, shit. I didn't realize <laughs> that getting her safely to the exit gives you health. It's the kiss, right? Oh, that's what it does. Oh. Yeah, because- I I never realized that, so I was just like, no, this is fucking annoying. And then finally, I'm like, I was complaining initially, being like, because I was playing this with Brandon looking over my shoulder, and I was complaining, being like, there's nothing in this game that like helps you restore life. Like, how can anyone possibly get further? And he was just like, you literally just restored health right there. <laughs> I just, like, didn't realize that hurts. Her the benefit actually. of somebody else being there. I never noticed that. Yeah, and of course, I say, better use... also, another point, like, the shopkeeper, one of the only items available was you could purchase a damsel for 15,000 gold for a kiss. Right, I think it's purchased a kiss, kiss, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, why do I want a kiss? No, I'm not. My, my spelunker is going to be lonely. Fuck this. <laughs> lonely and rich are <laughs> the only way to live. <laughs> I'd love to know. That I'm sorry, RPG. I never got that rich. Yeah, the um, I was lonely and poor. So, Get at me. as a note, I make no claims whatsoever as to this game being like socially progressive because the women in this game are literally objects, and you often will just actually a better use for the women if there is a sacrificial altar is to just sacrifice the lady because you'll get an item, and if you sacrifice enough like points worth of things, you get a blood goblet. And now, anytime that those blood sparks happen. Um, you can drink those to restore health. Oh. Um, oh, wow. So, if you find a woman, you can also sacrifice you can them. also turn the woman into a dog or a man. Oh, that was in the options in the game. Yeah, I, I thought that might have been in the. Uh, okay, that's that's good then. Um, I mean, no, yeah. Isn't so, so you don't great. have to be murdering women. You could be murdering puppies. <laughs> you sick. Much better. Fuck. Much more progressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, like, a little concerned that she's, like, when you save her, she's put under loot. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> she's it's, loot? <laughs> it's, it, it isn't, you know, about that. And I recognize it as a flaw, right. if you will. But uh, Heck, I used her as, like, a human shield for all those, oh, yeah. like, darts shooting oh. out at those things. I just oh, my God, the that's end. the best. And it, even if she dies, she still works for it. You can be tossing around women corpses and, and using that to absorb bullets and attack yeah. snakes. Yep. <laughs> it's more for the theme, right? It's more for the Indiana Jones style theme, yeah. I feel like. It's a very Indiana Jones I think, game. Yes. I think that's part of the reason I didn't enjoy this game as much as I would something like Dead Cells is the theme. Like, I just prefer the theme of Dead Cells. Yeah. Have you played yeah. Dead Cells a lot, James? I'm curious. I've never played Dead Cells. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just curious because I, I was going to... Um, <laughs> Maybe I like, watched Day Nine play like an hour of Dead Cells. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, this is dope." Okay. Dead Cells has. If we ever talk about Dead Cells, I have Dead Cells. Wow. 
Um, I have things to say about it, but... Uh, I think I'd like to make it come into the rotation sometime, uh, personally. There's so many good games, you guys. There's yeah. no way that yeah. we can get through all of them. I know, but Dead Cells uh, is like worth it, I think. But yeah, It'd be worth talking about, especially if you want to continue the theme. So like this game, actually, here's the next question for you guys, uh, and then maybe I can get into the history. Fair How do you guys feel this compared to The Ground Gives Way? I know, Zoe, you didn't actually get to play that, so apologies. Honestly, I preferred The Ground Gives Way. Why? Compare and contrast. Okay, yeah. Extrapolate. Explain. Show, not tell, um, or what? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I preferred The Ground Gives Way because um, I... Um, I enjoyed the mechanics of The Ground Gives Way significantly more. Um, I thought that the, while being kind of more obtuse to like, and more difficult to like, understand what's going on. Um, I thought that the act of playing through a level was more enjoyable. The kind of discovery, uh, was actually fun in that game. Interesting. And the, the kind of variety of rooms. So, um, do you think, I'm curious, because yeah. this is sort of similar to my thoughts on this, but is it possible, like, that the Ground Gives Way leaves a lot to the imagination, because of the way it does graphics, and yeah. the way it does its stuff, is it partially more of, like, a, it, it left it more open-ended, and you thought, like, I actually don't know what the fuck is coming up next, whereas this game, you kind of get a sense for it? Um... I mean, partly, like, the fact that it left it up to my imagination, like, when I walked into a room full of, like, you know, glowing fungus, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And, like, I can see this whole room. Like, wow. And, like, that brought up an image in my head of something that was way more interesting than a level of Spelunky. (laughs) Um, But also just the fact that that like there were I felt like um the the skill mechanics in the skill based aspects of the ground gives way were something were more things that I could kind of get into um partly because they weren't I don't know maybe maybe it's just that I like that kind of thing more of like the um, the, I, I didn't like the platforming, the feel of the platforming in Spelunky. One thing I did notice about Spelunky, and I went back and tested this, I don't <clears> think <throat> there's any uh, Wily E. Coyote time. Um, yeah. Which I felt matters less than it did in Celeste. Like, if Celeste didn't have Wily E. Coyote time, that would have been miserable. Um, yeah. Can you... Ex- I've never heard that expression before. That's <laughs> that's the amount of time where you can still jump after walking off the edge of a cliff. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, we've mentioned this before. Okay. Yeah, a lot of games have that. Um, Spelunky doesn't, and I don't think it's a huge problem in Spelunky because Spelunky isn't a hardcore platformer like Celeste is. You're kind of supposed to go slowly through the levels in a lot of ways, and only once you're really competent to the game do you like really use the run option like more than a little bit. But, it yeah, the game doesn't really have that in it, um, which is just an interesting thing to note. It's like it isn't built as like 
a super great platformer. But again, this is in 2008, of course. which while the had been in use before then, but it's, you know, this is a small indie game made by one guy. Um, like that whole thing, had, like there's a lot of been, there has been a lot of development in game design since 2008. It's been almost 10 years, over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and I could forgive him for most, if not all, of that jank, except there's one piece of jank I literally will never forgive, and that is how hard it is to fucking get on those ropes. It's impossible. <laughs> like, it's fucking bullshit. Like, I, I'm sitting there like, okay, inch left, nope, up, inch left, nope, inch left, nope, oh, sorry, inch right, wait, okay, I got it. And it's like every time. Did anyone else feel that? Like, it was... It was. That's so interesting. I feel like I didn't have that problem. Oh, my God. Like... I feel like I didn't have that problem either, but I did absolutely hate dealing with ladders. Oh, yeah. I didn't like the ladders all that much. I will agree with you on or that. Or cliff edges. Like, like grasping a cliff edge that I was, like, reaching for, like, I felt like it was, like, a far jump or something. That felt good. But I felt like I was constantly grabbing cliff edges I didn't want to grab. I just, I abused the whole mechanic of crouching and approaching a ledge to swing over to look at what's below me, um, mm. to like survey what I could possibly be doing. Um, I used that way more than just actually running and jumping. I really just did a lot of like drop down mm. style of gameplay. Um, and I think my only complaint with that was I felt like the distances sometimes where you could drop down and not knock yourself out and lose a life, I felt like they've, I felt like the game was randomly deciding when I was going to get hurt and when I wasn't because I would like drop down, not get hurt, and then like I would do something even shorter distance on the way down and I'd knock myself out and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> just this is, I felt like it was very random with the fall damage. In ways, I, believe, I felt that way as well. Like it, I agree. It does sometimes feel that way, which is interesting. I kind of want to rip into why that is, um, but I believe you can fall exactly as far as you can see without injuring yourself, which is a little weird because when you're at the top of a level, you can see further, and so you can get injured when you feel like maybe you shouldn't. But generally speaking, if you can see the ground, uh, like if you're midway through a level, uh, midway through your descent, if you see the ground, you can land on it and be fine because i would like i would flip over the edge hang on to the edge and look down and i would be able to see the bottom just fine so then i'd drop and knock myself out which was stupid <laughs> huh interesting um well sorry i realize i keep delaying it um but the historical importance of this game i want to get to get to that before unless there's anything else anyone has to say about current topic i just don't want to forget about this and then go you know another 40 minutes teasing our three listeners really um, i was i was going for that but yeah no yeah yeah so yeah. what's the historical importance of this game so this is the first non-tiles roguelike um every other roguelike up to this point has been like the ground gives way which comically the ground gives way was released in like 2015 or whatever but um, they were all, you know, NetHack or Angband or um, Adom or like all these games that are tiles-based, ASCII, usually ASCII. Um, 
And this is the first one uh, that was using roguelike elements of like the level resets and the kind of exploration and items and things like that. Um, but it did it in the format of a platformer. And now this has come into like this whole big thing, Rogue Legacy, Binding of Isaac, uh, Faster Than Light, Dead Cells. Um, like there's this whole genre around this and Spelunky is the very first one of them. Um, apparently, and I didn't learn this until I was researching this game uh, this time around, but it was released, this is from the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. Uh, Spelunky 2008, uh, 2008, released shortly after the formation of the Berlin interpretation, is considered a major contribution in the growth of indie-developed roguelikes. Um, and the Berlin interpretation was an attempt by people to um, basically define what makes a roguelike, and a lot of people really didn't like it because it included things like it has to include turn-based, it has to be um, Single player, uh, single player, which I guess is fair. Um, it has to have ASCII displays. Like, you know, there are things that are marked as important and things that are marked as less important, but Spelunky hits a lot of them without hitting all of them. Um, and I don't know whether it was intended as a uh, claim against the Berlin interpretation or whether it was just a novel interpretation of the Berlin interpretation, um, but it is the very first non-tiles-based roguelike, and it opened up this whole genre. Hmm. it's interesting because i've heard about <clears> it a lot like it's clearly has some sort of importance um for someone who doesn't understand that stuff but it's just like it was interesting to me that i've heard it so many times without ever, ever having played it but now that you say that you know it sort of was the first of us of a line it sort of makes sense i i remember that time in gaming when it was so desperate that everyone had categories for everything and everyone had genres right like this is a first person yeah. shooter like what sounds hilarious today is this is a first person shooter and this is an rpg you know what i mean and now it's like they're all first person shooter rpgs you know what i mean <laughs> first person shooter designation in general is just totally ridiculous it's like why would you define a game based on like the camera point of view and like that you have a gun like is portal a first person shooter it's first person you shoot portals is it a first person shooter are we really yes. comparing portal to Call of Duty? What the fuck? I know. <laughs> Are you like, not comparing Portal to Call of Duty? You're right. Where was your health bar? Portal is a bad game. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Could be that, yeah. Exactly. The turret should um, be, right? But yeah. Right. Exactly. No, but like, but seriously, this this time period, at least for me, well, you know, reading, I was reading a lot of uh, games reviews at the time and following things like, you know, IGN or whatever else. And uh, it was just such an intense need to put things in boxes and then this counterculture mm -hmm. of, hey, these boxes don't make any sense. Why are we doing this sort of thing? Um, and games were just continually breaking out of these boxes and combining pieces that you've never seen before. And it was quite exciting, to be honest. So I could see this as in the indie mechanical space of roguelikes that I didn't you know, know about for another five to ten years. I could see it also doing the similar sort of thing. I was realizing actually just this morning that we don't really have that debate about our game's art anymore. Like, that was a big thing as far back, not even, I wouldn't want to say five or six years ago, like, people would say, like, oh, video games can't be art. I've never seen really someone make that claim in the last couple of years. It's like we've just kind mm. of accepted that they can be at this point. Yeah, I feel like art itself has opened up quite a bit. Like, I feel like it has gone through a process of opening and inclusion of more things, and I feel like naturally video games just falls into that once you open up that like what is art conversation 
Yeah, that's interesting. It's a good point. I think what's interesting is yeah, that, that used to be sorry, such go, an go ahead, important. That used to be like that used to be central to like the video games discussion, right? The the question of whether they're art or not. Am I super quiet? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. I, I, Sorry yes, for interrupting maybe, with know. random tech issues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all I know is that I. All right. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Uh, it's interesting. It's one of the conversations. It's always one of those conversations that I really hated in video games, not mm-hmm. because it wasn't a valuable conversation, but just because inherent in the conversation of is video games art is this sort of i really need acceptance from the outside to agree that my thing is cool and i always felt like fuck them dude i like my thing and that's enough for me i always felt like that forever and so whenever someone says dude did you know that my game is on tv i'm like who cares i don't care i've never cared and especially in the modern day it's like ooh, esports are on tv how cool is that i'm like oh yeah tv fucking desperately needs something you know what I mean? Like they're grasping. It's the other way around. It's not some <clears throat> status symbol. But right. that's how I've always felt about the art discussion. It's like, I think it's art and that's enough for me. And I, I don't need to convince my mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> she can think what she wants to think. It's <laughs> fine. I don't, I don't need to. Um, so, yeah. Um, in any case, um, so that's kind of the context around this game and why it's important. And I don't believe that this game is like, amazing like i actually i think it's fun i think it's good i think it despite the fact that it is extremely punishing um i think that it is fair like once i think james if you play more of it you will come to find that uh like everything that you're dying to now is something that is avoidable and detectable oh yeah for sure this game has certainly it has like some nintendo hard things like probably the moment you get into the uh Sorry, Nintendo hard being things where it's like there's no way you could have seen them coming. Um, you would just end up dying because the game didn't warn you about it enough. Um, and so you just need to die once and then you learn that that's a danger danger object. Um, but like in the jungle, uh, there are these pillars, these totem pole things, and they have spikes on the side that will jab out if you get too close to them. Um, and they just do damage to you. And... You know, you, you wouldn't see this coming because they're hidden spikes. And so the first time you walk next to a totem pole, you just get jabbed. Um, like, that's not the best. Um, most roguelikes fall into that mistake in that you don't actually ever have a chance of getting through your first time. Um, not because you aren't necessarily playing optimally, but because you don't know what optimal play could even look like. You're, you don't have all the words in the dictionary, so to speak. Um but yeah, like I think this game, I had fun with it, but it's like more for historical importance than for like, this is a good game. Mm. See, okay. That's, that's a really, I think a hotly debated topic in design. If you ask me, because it seems straightforward to say that you should know ahead of time. But I think of a lot of games that I really love and they involve seeing something for the first time, having it murder you and then learning what to do against it like i think of you know the dark souls or even a lot of the multiplayer games that i've played where it really is for better or for worse about seeing something the first time having it wreck you and then trying to understand it afterwards and so you know learning move sets or learning what that champion does or whatever uh and, and not just like what they do on their on their skill you know sheet 
they're, they're when you're reading their character description but like seeing them in in real play and so i do i do wonder i feel like there could be a lot up in terms of when you say you know okay you're you're just gearing up in the first couple letters levels because you know it so well i think part of that definitely is like learning all of these things that might seem like kind of like bullshit at the time that they kill you but then there is that learn as learn learning aspect that can then lead to this feeling of like, oh, I totally know what's going on and I'm I'm dominating these first levels. Like, watch me. And it really is a player skill improvement. So I do wonder where that line draws. And like if it is not okay to show something that the player will essentially not know the dictionary word for beforehand. So you use an interesting example there, uh, Dark Souls, Q air horns. Um, so Dark Souls <laughs> is, I think, really good about telegraphing things. So, for instance, a place where I think almost everyone ends up dying is um, like the, the Drake Bridge in the first Dark Souls. It's like you walk up to this bridge and you just have come out of kind of a quiet area and, you know, there's corpses all over this bridge and like scorch marks and whatever. And the... Uh, astute player will notice that this is obviously dangerous. Um, and you may not know what to do about it, but you do know that this is a spot where bad things happen. Um, whereas in Spelunky, like, you know, some things just aren't tele... Like, you can tell that something is weird, but you don't know at all what it's going to do. Um, and, you know, it blurs the line because you don't know what's going to catch you on fire on the Drake Bridge. But Dark Souls, if you go through it extremely cautiously... Um, you will generally pick up on things before they happen. Not always, but yeah, yeah it does blur mean. a line there. I see what you mean there that it's like, there's, there definitely is a lot of hinting in a game like dark souls. I do wonder though, with the bosses though, when you're locked into those rooms and you have to learn their movesets, like I don't beat any boss the first time. I don't expect to either. And if you come in with the mindset that you expect to beat them, then you're going to be frustrated really fast. You need to like look at them and see what they do. And you can do your best. They do some telegraphing of they're going to do a strike, but they might follow it up with three fast strikes, and you don't know that. So you have to learn it. And I, I do wonder, like, when it comes to beating those bosses at the end, and I know that they do those three fast strikes afterwards, and I dodge every last one in perfect timing, that to me is a, is a very rewarding experience and uh, something that I'm I'm happy to do. So mm. I, I, I could definitely see, like, a game like this just like literally there's no telegraph and they just punish you and now you're like okay trauma tells me don't look even don't even walk near the totem poles they're just bad they're like a snake in the grass literally like do not approach um but i do think it's interesting though because i hear a lot of people say like games should telegraph everything and you should be able to if you reacted well or whatever beat it essentially on the first try and i do look at a lot of the games that i really love and they, and they don't really share those qualities so I, so I wonder if that is really a necessity or maybe it's like the, what they, what they're trying to say is push it closer towards telegraphing than random bullshit. Like I could see that. It's kind of, I think th this kind of ties into a discussion around this game that I want to have. Um, Cause there's that line between hard and frustrating. You don't want a game to be frustrating. And I think a lot of times Nintendo hard can be frustrating cause it's just like, congratulations, you died. Okay. Um, whereas, like, I think Spelunky is hard, but I didn't find it to be terrifically frustrating. To some degree, I did. Um, and not to the point where I would stop playing necessarily, but 
it sounds like both uh, you, McCoy, and you, James, did find it more frustrating than than hard, like it, that it passes that threshold. But Zoe, it sounds like you were not particularly frustrated by this game. No, I and I honestly was very surprised about it. Um, I think, like I mentioned before, I think it was because the randomization of the puzzles really helped out with that, though. Um, so that way, like, I know, like, you, McCoy, you are very, like, um, like, you will memorize, like, keystrokes that you need to do in a particular area, and you can't do that in this sort of game because everything's always random and everything's always new. Um, and I actually appreciate that more because of just, it's nice and refreshing. Um, and I was, like, the the learning that you do within the game, um, like, for instance, um, like, the little golden icon that if you pick it up, like, a Indiana Jones-style right. boulder just comes crashing down and rolls you over. Um, like, the first time, you know, that kills you instantly, and I was like, oh, okay. Turns and then out the, the second, second time that can kill you instantly as well. <laughs> well, but then <clears throat> what happened was the the second time I came across it, I was like, okay, well, first I'm going to put this rope up here. I'm going to grab the icon and immediately climb the rope and just hang on the rope as the boulder passes under me. And it worked. And I was able to carry that all the way to the end. And really all it does is just give you like a bunch of gold. But um, like I thought that kind of that kind of thing was cool because it wasn't necessary to get to the end, but you could implement that sort of challenge on you um, if you wanted. Then you get the juggling act of when you find the golden icon and the damsel, and so you toss one over the edge, toss the other over the edge, go down, toss it. Like, you just kind of toss them all along. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely, like I said, like my retention in this game was a lot better than I usually have with other like platformers this is i would honestly say this is probably my first roguelike like game i've played um because i didn't play the ground gives way like you guys did that one week um mm. so i do don't have experience in the genre so therefore i don't have anything quote unquote better to compare it to i guess um and maybe maybe that's why i enjoyed it better uh, just because I don't have that prior experience. Um, maybe this is just my expectation going into all roguelike games, and then I'll play an actual good one, and I'll be like, whoa, this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Like I yeah. said, I, I wasn't able to get past like level four. And if anything about the game that I found like that was a little disconcerting was like if I... You start off with four lives, I think, and if I lost one life on level one, then I was like, well, fuck, I have to just, like, kill myself now because, like, I'm not going to get anywhere further than I did before. Um, like, I had that expectation of, like, level one, you need to have all four lives if you want to go anywhere in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need those but, advantages. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so I guess like the the kind of uh, like the the pranky kind of deaths, um, like sure, 
it's always like you kind of just like smack your hand on the desk going like, really? Like, seriously? But like, it wasn't to the point where I like ever rage quitted or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was enjoyable. Like, it's not going to be a game that I'll seek out for entertainment purposes, but <laughs> like... <laughs> Got me out of the box. Goddamn. I, 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 yeah. I mean that in the sense that, like, if I'm ever bored at home, I'm never going to be like, oh, Spelunky. Like, of course. Like, I honestly only played this game because Adam made me. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, the, the time I spent playing it, like, two hours went by really quickly for me. Um, I didn't even realize I played for that long, um, even though I wouldn't get past level four. So I think. That, there's something to be said there. That's cool. I'm I'm glad you. Uh, I guess I guess the word here is is you, you didn't hate it. Um, <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> expecting. Uh, I, I was sort of expecting that you would not like this game at all. Um, and it turns out that it's James and McCoy who need to get good. Absolutely true. I mean, I, I was agreed. I was just yeah. as bad, Let's but I don't know. Maybe I just, I have less of a, a a sense of needing to prove myself, I guess, when it comes to these games. It's more like, <laughs> I'm going into this knowing I suck, and I have come to peace with that, and <laughs> we shall, we shall proceed. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah, that's Spon actually... Spunky is a very hard game. And oh, as a fun note, uh, so there's like a hidden challenge in Spelunky uh, that's like, super 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 hard to do so each zone will give you an item that can like unlock another thing for you um so the first zone if you get the key to the box then you'll get the ujet eye um if you have the ujet eye when you go to in the jungle then it reveals a door to the black market in the black market if you have enough money you can purchase the ankh if you use the ankh the ankh will revive you once ordinarily but if you die with the Ankh in your inventory on this particular level in the ice caves, then you revive inside a Moai head uh, and get it, some other item, which you know unlocks some other thing and gives you access to, I think, hell. Um, it, it goes down the line. Eventually, you get to go to hell, um, which is you know full of vampires and demons and is very difficult to deal with. Um, and... There's another bonus challenge on top of that, where if you find an eggplant in the first world and carry it with you all the way through, through to hell, um, I think you get to fight an eggplant version of the final boss or something like that. And like the eggplant will break if you throw it against things, and it's just a huge pain to carry it through the levels. Um, but yeah, that's a part of this game that I will never see. Yeah, that's like something <laughs> someone told me at like a Stephen Cates camp, like when I was seven. You know, Dude, you take the eggplant all the way to the final boss, you can get a legendary Zapdos. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I believe you. Like, that was, I feel like early internet was like the, the true expose of all that shit that I was told when I was seven. So nice. I feel that. Good to know I that there was real that. stuff here. Okay, here's a random, just like, this is one of those things that's like, why does this come to my mind? But it does. Uh, do you think Battle Royale is the roguelike of multiplayer shooters? Discuss. Hmm. 
I think yes. I think Risk of Rain is the roguelike of multiplayer shooters. Uh, yeah, James and I, Risk of Rain is a good game. Um, Risk of Rain 2 just came out. Or, well, it's in alpha or whatever. Um, but Risk of Rain is fun. Okay. Risk of Rain is another roguelike. Roguelite, I guess, because there's lots of unlocks. Um, but are, to, back to the original question, are Battle Royale games kind of like roguelikes? Yeah. It sort of gets back to the discussion we were having earlier about how genres are made up and don't mean anything. Right. Um, I think that it isn't unreasonable to say that there are parallels uh you know permadeath um exploration being a big part of it uh you know trying to get your kit together and like there's definitely clear structural parallels it depends on whether or not you follow the berlin interpretation the much maligned berlin interpretation of roguelikes or whether you take a softer view or, or what have you but it sounds like the softer view is just completely dominated I feel like the other interpretation is a thing of history now. Like, you know, things like all sorts of things that are not tile-based, you know what I mean, are making it into the roguelike genre. I just, I, I think of Battle Royales and I think of that style of gameplay. And I really do think it's like, okay, so it's a random run with random items every time. You drop in, you try to do your best to navigate the environment as safely as possible, which changes randomly each time. You loot up. Um, and then it also, I think personally has the same flaw, which is that when you die, you realize you kind of have to spend another 15 minutes at minimum to get to where you were before. Like it really, it does follow almost to me identically that, that formula of, of, of like type of, uh, gameplay. And I just, I think it's fascinating because it's, it's a really weird parallel to draw, but I actually think it's like potentially a perfect example like explanation of what that genre is yeah i think there are clear parallels it, it does get to a little bit of a, a weird place when you start to talk about like any kind of arcade type game where say you're just going for a high score and it's you always start from level one and things just kind of get harder until you die um so like it depends on what elements that you care to bring in so i think it may be more accurate to say that it is roguelike like <laughs> nice yeah it's just like the it, accuracy of that yeah roguelike like that's just that's getting too far yeah that's like unacceptable now it's just embarrassing i feel right? like just calling all of these games roguelikes is just good enough it's like whatever but they're also doom likes because sorry yeah well i think what's really like what really muddles it is that it's a multiplayer game and those have like just a different nature to them like if it was a single player first person shooter it'd be very obvious but when it's a multiplayer it kind of obscures it a little bit but i do really think the core foundation is is there um i don't know it's just funny i was i was playing like apex the other day and i was just like thinking about it and i was like oh man i don't know if i want to do another run that's literally i'm thinking in my head i don't know if i want to do another run and i'm like oh wait that is exactly the same feeling as how I felt about Spelunky. Um, <laughs> and I just started like, I guess, just sitting there and just thinking about all the connections and I was just like astounded at how many there were. But yeah, fair enough. But it seems like you really liked Apex Legends and you did not like Spelunky. Yeah, I well, that, it's it's partially just because I'm just better at at Apex Legends and so I can see more of it and I can go further. 
um yeah it's like hmm. uh just platformers in general are really, really hard for me just they're really hard i don't know it's not something i grew up with necessarily so i have to like learn it from the ground up it's tough yeah that is always difficult like games literacy like if you introduce someone who has never played a first person shooter before to like oh, yeah. portal they like won't know how walking works they'll like every movement it's clear that they're like trying to get the muscle memory down for like how to look at things and click like every motion is discrete um because they just don't have that particular bit of games literacy that's i think Uh, what makes like first person shooters such an amazingly uh, such an amazing genre that uh, amazing that it is so popular i mean to say because it is so ridiculously uninviting like when friends of mine (laughs) like misha for instance came to me and said or like he didn't okay he didn't come to me and say it but he basically was just like yeah you know i've started playing uh overwatch and i, I think i'm going to move from the console to the pc and i was like don't <laughs> like <laughs> you don't want to do that that's like gonna be so insanely hard and he was like no it's gonna be fun and he's like I, and then like later he came to me he's like dude i think i'm gonna play counter-strike and again i was like don't like look it's gonna be awesome but it is so much work if you're willing to put that work in if you're willing to learn what a mouse can do it's am- amazingly rewarding but it is not like a trivial experience it's not like oh yeah i'll just get into that Mm. it's like no no no. you have to like dedicate you have to really seriously put at the time and it will be fun but i mean you know this is not like picking up a random game and being like i'll see if this is fun this is like this is work um so right minor point of order question do we have different air horns for counter-strike than for dark souls or is it the same air horns (laughs) let's ask the editor <laughs> no. Well, I don't think what there is, is the one because we never edit this thing. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put air horns all over everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else anyone has to like say or talk about? Like any other topics that people thought about uh, when, when looking at Spelunky? Because I think I've kind of asked the questions that I had burning in my head to see what you guys felt about this game um could we just do a quick uh if anyone has this on on them but like what's the difference between this and the remake like i know the remake has co-op that's the difference i saw um is there anything else does anybody know remastered graphics yeah i don't know if the controls are different or anything i'm sure there's new items um I thought, like, the ghost that comes and, like, haunts you if you spend too much time in a level, I thought that was just in the remastered version, but no, that happened to me, level one, yep. during one of these games. Yep. Which, that was unfortunate. I like the, I uh, don't the, know what the change of sound. Gets really um, fucking creepy, really fast. There's on the gaming.stackexchange no... website, there is a list. Uh, updated graphics, new enemies, new areas, new terrain, new items, and new playable characters. Uh, as well as, I assume, the the multiplayer, which definitely exists. I do find it. Also, you can kill your friends. Yes. (laughs) Throw your friends into lava and stuff, yeah. Yep, you can, like, toss rocks at them, knock them out, kill them. Of course, you can toss rocks at yourself in this game. Um, Did anyone die to, like, trying to throw an arrow? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, actually, (laughs) the the bomb laying mechanic, I did not like that you couldn't just place a bomb at your feet and run away. So you kind of can, but you can't select the bomb from your sort of selection menu. You have to use the dedicated bomb button while crouching. 
That's no, the you can one. you can take a bomb and crouch down and throw it, and you'll throw it like at the ground, and it will land like a foot in front of you, maybe. But but if you do the bomb See, dedicated button and crouch, so it's great. pretty much not even a throw. It's like even better than that. Yeah, oh. it's like a place. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was crazy. Once I noticed yeah. that, I was like, oh. That would have been so nice to like. I thought know. that was one of the things that it said in the tutorial. Did it? I well, I heard that Zoe that. got uh, wrecked in the tutorial and couldn't even progress. Is that true? Oh yeah, that was also a thing. I feel like I'm like one of the only people that literally got stuck in the tutorial and had to You're like not. exit out to go back into the tutorial to restart it all. Amazing <laughs> to roguelikes. <laughs> I would like to, I'd toss the bomb at the wall to blow it out and. I clearly did not understand the bomb placing mechanic, so I would just toss it, it'd bounce off the wall, go behind me, and I'd use up all my bombs, but I'm not dead yet. I'd use up all my ropes, not dead yet, so I was literally just stuck there and had to restart the tutorial like three times. Yeah, you didn't, oh you didn't graduate. You're not allowed to play Spelunky until you graduate. Yep. I did eventually, <laughs> and clearly I had a better experience than all of these people, even with that tutorial experience. <laughs> take that. I died like four times on the tutorial. Wait, what, what can kill you there? Your own bombs? Maybe it wasn't the tutorial. Maybe it was just the first level <laughs> immediately after the tutorial. All blends together, huh? Yeah. I will say the first... There was a lot of death. Yes. The first two, five, ten seconds of the the menu theme music, when you die, and then it hits you to the course, score screen, you're like, okay, 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 I want another run. You go out to the main menu. It's, like, so great. So great. Um, and then it kind of launches into, like, chiptune stuff, and you can, like, like that or not. But the, the first, like, five seconds are, like, they're about to drop the sickest song you've ever heard. Um I recommend everyone go die and then go to the score screen or even actually you can load into the green. You can probably just load in. Go to the score screen and then go out. But like before you do, turn up your speakers. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Oh. So step one is to die. Okay. Yeah. Will do. <laughs> cool. Uh, do you guys want to go around, give it a rating, and then we'll talk about the game next week? Sure. Sure. That's excellent. All right. Don't start with me because I suggested it. All right, we'll do reverse order. I'll start. All right, I will give this no thumbs. Yep. Neither up nor down. It was certainly a game. Some people will like it, <laughs> but I wouldn't <laughs> suggest it to pretty much anyone. That's fair. I'll give it one thumb up. It's not the best game I've ever played, but as a first roguelike -like experience... I would say that it was a positive one for me, despite all the dying. Uh, I do think this game has some cool stuff within it. Mechanics get a little annoying, or they're a little glitchy. But otherwise, enjoyable experience for me. One thumb up. One thumb up, nice. Um, uh, convinced me to clean my house. Two thumbs up. No, I'm just kidding. Because uh, <laughs> we all know I need to do laundry. But, uh... Yeah, no. Uh, Elena's like, I love this game. <laughs> Dude, she actually did play a little bit. And she was like, so she played the tutorial and then she played the first run, right? And she was like, oh, this was kind of fun. And then I was like, yeah, play it again. She's like, no. <laughs> I was thinking she would love this game because it forced you to do chores. Yeah. No, no, I know. But yeah, of course. 
no, I, I think I'm I think I'm very akin to James here. For my personal experience, it's like a no thumb situation. Um, but I think it's really cool to hear the history of it, and I think this genre is cool and has made some circles back into my life later with games like Dead Cells that I just think are unbelievably amazing. So I'm so thankful for the lineage. Um, having played it, you know, only in the experience I can have now, uh, you know, it's a no thumbs dog. I'm trying to be, you know, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. For me, uh, back, I got to play this, you know, back in the day when it was fresh. Um, and I really, I really liked it then. Um, and I actually still have the saves things. I died about 90 times playing this game, um, back in like middle school or whatever. I'm sorry, high school. Um, so I think that it does a lot of cool things that we didn't really quite get into. Um, but, you know, I think the way that it is very, what's the word, predictable? Um, so it's randomized, but everything that happens in the game, there is like an answer to, right? Like you learned pretty quickly to use rocks to bait out arrows. Um, you know how far you can jump up and how far you can jump sideways and what things change when, where, where you would need to use a rope, where using bombs would work. Um, so it becomes a matter of rationing your resources and moving through it and mistakes punish you. Um, so historically, I think the game is really cool because it gets, you know, it brought us all the great games we have today, like Dead Cells and, um, like this whole genre. Uh, and I don't know when this would have happened if not for Spelunky, but Spelunky was certainly the first one out of the gate. And I think opened up a lot of um, design possibilities for bringing roguelike elements into other genres. Um, as a game itself, I think it didn't age super great. You know, we're looking at a, fully a decade of game design advancement um, from here, and there was probably a few limitations to the game maker engine that influenced it. Uh, it was made by one guy. Uh, well. The music, the music is credited to other people, so it wasn't just Derek Yu, but it was, for the most part, it was a one-man show, uh, as far as the design and implementation goes. So I think with those restrictions in mind, that it is a decade old and was made by one guy and is the first of its class, I think this game was pretty good. Um, now it feels dated. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of the you know amenities that you kind of expect from this sort of thing, um, coming back to it 10 years later. So, again, I'm going to deny giving it a thumbs rating because I don't think that this is that, that is like an appropriate way to look at this game. But oh, your thumbs just I, in your ass. I get it. Yeah, I do appreciate <laughs> this game. I do appreciate this game for its historical like importance to to game development to the history of game development. Um, like I appreciate that it exists, but I don't want to play it. And I think that's fair. Like, I was trying to play it this weekend, and I was like, wow, this doesn't really... I'm kind of done with this already. Yeah. Like, you know, even after, like, an hour and a half. Um, right. So, like, I totally get that. Like, this isn't a game I would go back to and play a ton of right now um, at this point in my life. Maybe it's because I'm older and, like, have more things to do with my time. Uh, and maybe because it just hasn't aged super well. And, you know... This is even disregarding the fact that the women in this game are literal objects and count as loot and Dude, are good as good at catching arrows. I just kept imagining like the object oriented programming behind this where it's just like women <laughs> literally as an object, not only in the game, but also in the code and just like so many levels. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> to be fair, the spelunker would also be an object. Absolutely. But... Absolutely. Everything would be an object. 
<laughs> no, yeah. And I also just shout out to Adam for saying um, that we had played together too much and that instead of playing the new version with co-op, we should play the solo version. <laughs> I was also trying to give you guys a little break for your wallets. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Because I know buying a game every week can be a bit. Yeah, no, um, no I'm just yeah. playing. Um, and I do appreciate the historical significance. And, it, and I think the reason why this game doesn't age, one of the many reasons, is because so much progress has been made, like you guys are saying. And that's awesome. So it's cool to see that this could have been cutting edge at one point and then seeing what the cutting edge is today and just realizing just how much more awesome it is is, is, is great exercise. Yeah. And like... I think the game does it did a good job and does a good job with a lot of things. To be like, I think it telegraphs a lot of what happens fairly well. Like you get to know the levels really well, and eventually you'll be flying through them, and you'll get to know what certain things mean. Um, which is kind of like the roguelike loop where you learn how to deal with certain threats, and each death is a learning experience. Um, and it lets you learn because there isn't a ton of randomness outside of the outside of the level generation. So, like, it lends itself really well to that genre and, like, everything kind of fits together really well with this game, which I think is, like, the most important thing with a game is that all the elements work together. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see this game fighting itself. Um, it really, really blends platforming and roguelike stuff together really well. Um, so I think this game is cool. I had fun with it when I was playing it in 2008 or 2009 or whenever it was that I actually picked it up. Um, there are better examples today, and I think that's what people are used to. So this suffers a little bit from the Seinfeld effect, where like Seinfeld was really groundbreaking at the time, but you go back and look at it now, and it's like, this is a sitcom. Um, so anyway, that's yep. my thoughts on Spelunky. Thank you all for playing it. Yeah. So awesome. next week, thanks for having us play it. Yes, thank you. Um, well, I kind next of week? I see two options. I have a game chosen, um, but I do okay. think this is an interesting opportunity to do a quick poll of does this discussion make us want to play a modern rogue like called Dead Cells, which was only name dropped like seventeen times in this episode and probably other episodes as well. Um, maybe that just should be next on the chopping block, anyways, just as a comparison point. Um, but if not, I have a game chosen that's that's a different it's a departure from this. Um, but I'm just curious to hear what people think because man, it's been named a lot. And you know, if you liked this or whatever, like you you ought to play something like that. Um, so I have already played Dead Cells. I have opinions about it. I would be happy to play more and talk about it. Um, but what is the other option? Can you tell us what that is? Yes. The other option is Donut County. Ooh, which i've been eyeing that one also me too and it is a game that you know as uh, explaining it is almost ridiculous but the premise is it's kind of like a katamari damasi game which is <gasps> yes <laughs> and it Go on. and it has so much style and so much heart and it's a lovely short experience that's self-contained and fun uh, at least allegedly i haven't played it but i've heard many people talk about it from many different walks of life and they all love this thing so it's just a cute thing uh that is lovely Yo, and fun. this is adorable it's adorable it's on computers it's on phone it's on whatever uh it's cheap it's expensive whatever you want to pay for it it's a great thing uh, <laughs> i think it's like five dollars on phones or whatever and like 10 on pc or something like that i could look what i have it 13 notes. but you know the point is just this is definitely something we should play it'll definitely be fun it's going to make the rounds eventually 
Um, so the question is whether or not we want to continue with the roguelike sort of thing or we want to just go with what I already had pre-planned. I think there is value in continuing the discussion. Um, and I, did, do you guys know if Gabe actually played this game? Or was uh, he, he busy did. all week? He did. Okay. I don't I'd know be how curious much, to he uh, but he told me that he did, so I don't know. Okay. I'd be curious to hear. Maybe you can just record him later and just have him give his thoughts or something. But That sounds like a lot of work. Um, I think there is I think there is value in playing Dead Cells, but also I don't know if Dead Cells is the kind of game that would work well in a like a three hour worth of play. Like that might be a game that should take more of our time to play. And I think Donut County is a better fit in general. Um, So I leave it up to you. I think both will lead to good discussions. I'm thinking realistically we go for donut county this time but i think slowly but surely we're opening this thing up for maybe two week episodes and i think dead cells would be a fantastic thing to revisit and compared to the roguelikes that we have played um there are lots of other good short roguelikes like i think um uh well this is more roguelite if you're really gonna be I'm picking not. those nits um <laughs> yeah you didn't even knows, know what those no, nits I, were no, I until i told you um uh, Into the Breach is also oh, a wow. good modern example. A yeah. really, really good modern example. Yes, I hope that makes the rounds as well. That's on the list for me as well. I, I, I love that game. Um, There's also, I mean, Risk of Rain 2 right. is a modern uh, roguelike. So I guess what I'm hearing is there are plenty of roguelikes in our future. So why don't we just do Donut County and call it a day? Um, I'm okay with that. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Sounds excellent. Awesome. Well? Yeah, great. Are we Craig, cutting it? Craig hasn't heard anything for the past five Craig, minutes. Craig, are you what? good, bro? What the <laughs> fuck, man? Uh, Dude, the other day, Craig? there's this program that I opened uh, or that I used. It's uh, designed to send like video from one computer like over the network to a second computer to do all the computations. So you could be playing a game on a main computer and then sending it to a second computer to do the recording and then crunching and streaming or whatever else you want to do. And it's designed for two PC setups. So it's like local... Uh, video sending and it's fantastic when it works and I installed it on my main computer and it worked just fine and I installed it on my second computer seemingly almost identical literally to like the specs in the computer they're both freshly like installed windows like everything is clean and it just doesn't open like solid <laughs> fucking great so, so wait are we are we cutting or is that like a part of what's going on right now I'm essentially asking the world for tech help um, <laughs> please if you know how to make NDI's cannon converter open on a second computer. No, no, let's Please cut it. email. Yes. <laughs> okay. We should, yo, um, we should create an email for this so that people can write in hate mail and then we can read it on the show. Both, for, yeah. both of our listeners can hate mail us? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, listen, I don't track the IP, so if you guys wanted to write in hate mail, I would read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write in hate mail directed at myself. Um, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just, yeah, the internet is introducing new ways to bully ourselves. Dude, Adam is going to come in with all this weird shit about like his other side that's been suppressed. Like, I just love narrative games and I can't get out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I have become a villain around narrative games because I do actually like them. And like the blending of narrative and mechanics is where like things get really, really cool. But yeah, we'll <laughs> I just think they're harder to get into in one week. Cool. Firewatch, does it have mechanics? Anyway, um, we're cutting, so, yeah. so hit that Thank button. you, everyone, for listening. Right. Goodbye. Sounds great. Sounds great. Great choice.